brothers that don't be knowing. What's up? He is Troy Abbott. PT, my name is AJ Smith, strength coach, owner here at Smith's Fitness. This is Busy Getting Strong, the Smith's Fitness Podcast. Let's get it. Let's try this again. This is about take three because Lenny keeps walking in. (laughs) Episode 29 of the Smith's Fitness Podcast. We got both the boys here. Blakey wasn't here last time. Wait, were you? No. No, it was surgery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Laying on my back. I didn't even think we should talk to you about that. Yeah, well. Well, what's been, been going on? What happened? Uh, so I had two hernias fixed in my groin, uh, left side and right side. What do they feel like when, like, when you go in, it just feels like something's not right down there? Yeah, it just feels like it's like a, it's like scar tissue, but not deep. It's on the surface. So it feels like, kind of felt like an, oh, I was growing an extra nut. <laughs> but um, yeah, it just feels like a like or a blood clot, it's just a lump. Yeah, oh, so that's how it sort of uh, I don't know, like it pop, like, literally pops up, and you're like, what yeah. is that? Yeah, and then okay. I had it for a while, and then it just got bigger and bigger, and then through rugby, and then yep. lifting, obviously. And yeah, wait, wait, wait. Well, oh, <laughs> here, here we go. go. Here we you go. should have said that. Wait. <laughs> wait. Did what? you say lifting? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, when I'm when I'm going hard in the gym. Oh, you know. I haven't seen that yet, so no. that's why I was just wondering. He's pushing that hard. He's getting hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pushing. Yeah. It. Hey uh, guys, before we get stuck into today's podcast, uh, let's apologise if Lenny walks in. We're going to leave the uh, we'll leave the recording rolling because it's pretty funny to be fair. But guest appearance. Yeah, she uh, she's I don't think she's wants to have a nap today, so she might be uh, guest appearing every now and then. Uh, but yeah, episode 29 today, we do have a topic. I wanted to do this way back um, and just looking at uh, training amateur athletes, setting up at amateur athletes, uh, what, year, week, um, and just looking at the things that pop up for people that work a full-time job, have families, and are still trying to hopefully increase performance as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, just before we get into that, a little bit about... What's going on in the gym? What are you doing training-wise, Blake? Not much at the moment. No, I'm not, of the hernia. I'm not allowed to lift up not allowed to do anything. anything above two kilos for eight weeks. Two Above two kilos? Yeah. Jesus. So, all, even so, your clients so you've already there. gone way over yeah. that. All my, all, oh, yeah, I've been doing way too much. Yeah. But all my clients got to clean their own bars, rack their own bars, so I'm basically just standing there. And that's, sh- that's what Troy does. <laughs> that's exactly how I'm doing it. It's just extra work yeah. for him, mate. But Troy's don't put him away. <laughs> I, I fucking do. That's no, just my coffee cups. Right. Oh, what about yourself, man? What are you doing? Uh, nothing much. Just getting stuck back into it now after competing. How are you feeling last after um, competition? Sometimes it can be I, a little bit like... This is probably the bleh. best I've ever felt, getting out of a comp. I just, no soreness. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ready to go. I stuck got stuck stuck into it um, this week and it's back to the competition the, lifts or what? Yep, straight into the main lift too. I think this is mo- the most motivated I've been coming out of the sumos comps, as um, well. Uh, no sumos. That's probably the only thing that didn't feel good. It, you know, it always feels like the hips are a bit hard to do them forever, right? Eh? So hard to do them for like they are, you know yeah, a full yeah. year. And I I only pull deadlift sumo. Yeah. No, I'm happy to go back to conventionals for a little bit and yeah. um, they feel good straight away too. So. Straight up. Training's Sweet. going well straight away. So Nice, 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 nice. Um, Jim's been fairly busy lately. Um, personally, I'm getting a, a fair bit of rehab work coming through now, which is really good. So 
that's one of my goals for this year is to actually use the degrees that I got. Um, so I sort of put that, let that go to the wayside at, when I started Smith Fitness and it was obviously more about personal training, group sessions, boot camp, cross training, and then lately more like strength and conditioning and powerlifting. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, you know, it's time to put that four years that I spent doing exercise rehab to work. And um, so I just started basically, because I've, I've always kept my accreditation because it's a ball ache to get back. Um, and just sort of just advertise a little bit more that that's what we do. And at the end of the day, man, strength is prevention and um, exercise rehab is a lot of, um, you have these structures that you want to work to and a lot of it's trial and error as well. Um, and we've all dabbled in it a little bit with, you know, you, Blakey, you did a little bit with uh, Mozzie and yeah. Troy, you would have had clients that had particular injuries yeah. and yep. post-surgeries and that sort of stuff. So sure. I feel like every... Um, well, all three of us have dealt with people that are coming back from injuries or, you know, surgeries and stuff like that. So I've got a few, couple of knees, couple of lower backs, uh, fellow, a young fellow with a shoulder coming today. So it's good. Um, as always, the uh, cross training crew is uh, training nice and hard. They, they the hardest need, work is in the, the gym. The hardest work here. is in the gym. I've, I've classed them. I've got a few so messages need, from my clients need, saying, hey, what's going on they here? They need a shout out every now and then because <laughs> they, I think sometimes they feel like the powerlifters get a little bit more clout than they do Yeah. Um, because powerlifters get to compete and you know we post their lifts because they're impressive, all that sort of stuff. Oh, here's interruption number one. <laughs> hey, Bubba, what are you up to? You want to come sit over here next to Troy? No? Oh. All right, you just stay there. Um, so yeah, the uh, the the uh, cross training crew. Man, those sessions are getting so hard. Don't touch the laptop. Um, I've I've been finding them hard because I've been training in the mornings and then going back and training in the afternoons. So they've been like yesterday. I was like, oh, two rounds will do me. I'm out. I'm fucking knackered. So, but really hard working um, crew. Yeah. And it's good to see a big range of people. So from like myself. Maddie, Duds, um, through to like my mum. So and my daughter even comes. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. So first yeah. time. I won't forget your boys. Uh, your boys' sessions either. We st we still need to get the morning crew up and running a little bit better, but that's a, a work in progress. Yeah. Got to get people out of bed a bit earlier. Um, but we're going to keep running with them. So yeah, guys, if you're into just, I always say when people come in that you know they don't really have those goals. They just want strength and fitness, look better, move better. I'm like, come to those sessions, man. Yeah. That, that's perfect. You don't have to think. You don't have to worry too much about um, anything else. You just, what's on the telly, we rock and roll. Yeah. What's been programmed and off we go. Yeah. Oh, you're the camera girl now. <laughs> okay, oh, move it. It's still recording too. <laughs> and it's plugged in. Lenny, <laughs> put it down. <laughs> Say hi, Kelly. You're on the podcast. <laughs> See you, Bubba. Bye-bye. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Mummy's mean. <laughs> oh, that's classic. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you're keen on just general strength and fitness, get to those cross-training sessions. Um, they're written up on the board anyway. Like, well, they're on the TV and, and on the app um, to rip into anyway. Um, if you can't make those session times, which are Monday to Thursday, 5.30pm, Tuesday, Thursday, 6am, Saturday, 8 a.m. Saturday one's a little bit more 
lifting and so are the morning ones a little bit more lifting yeah uh, and some boxing on Thursday but not at the yes. moment because Blakey can't hold mitts yeah because I'm fragile yes yeah, fragile but we'll oh, get back to that we'll oh, get... fragile so there's a big shout out for the cross training crew they've been working hard for years man hardest workers in the room um, I probably wouldn't say that if I wasn't working hard with them um, but yeah man they fucking knackered and then We've started to figure out that by Thursday we're all cooked, day. Eh? Oh, like, they, they all come like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. and then like by Thursday I write something. I'm like, everyone's like, so stiff and sore. Like, need that Friday. We'll make it should make it a yoga session on the Thursday. Oh, so just a, yeah, recovery a, session yeah, or something. Make it a little bit easier. Um, so today's main topic uh, is training amateur athletes. Um, amateurs are a bit of a weird word because you know these days you can pretty much train like a professional. Um, everyone's got access to modes of recovery, information, S&C coaches, personal trainers, physios, that sort of stuff. Um, pretty much as much as a lot of, maybe not professional, but top level. Just because you're top level doesn't mean you're getting paid and you're professional and you don't have to work a full-time job. Like AFLW, for instance, that's top level. They're still working full-time jobs. Um, they're not all full-time football players, I don't think. Mm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but a lot of other sports as well. So, like, you've got the main footy codes, basketball, cricket, and then a lot of the other guys probably aren't full-time professional athletes. Like, oh, field hockey and stuff well, like that. They wouldn't be professional. No, man, I'm not sure. Yeah. But they're top. But they're just as fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, I just wanted to talk about like how we would how a yearly structure would look. So we have an athlete here who's still active. I, I don't really term, I'm, when, I, when, I term, when I say athlete, I'm, I'm talking more team sport okay. in this regard. I was gonna say, I'm still an athlete as a powerlifter. No, we talked a lot about powerlifters, <laughs> we talked a lot about powerlifters, so we're gonna shift the focus and talk more about, you know, footy players, rugby players, basketball, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. So Blakey- talk, Season sports, maybe. Yeah, season sports, team sport, athletes, whatever they might be. So Blakey, talk me through what your yearly structure would look like um, from a training perspective is there time off what uh, do you do in the off season what do you do pre-season what do you do in season just generally and let's like have a bit of a discussion about um, you know the, the focus points of it so yeah take it away so I reckon well, uh, it's, it's good that we're actually talking about this because I was doing a bit of study oh here we go this week. just just and it's, it's quite funny that I kind of was doing it anyway through my training. So when, as I was reading it, it's going, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well, I'm, I'm making more sense. Yeah, yeah. So obviously there's periodization of your annual training year. Well, this is, I sort of, I sort of want to, like, I do and don't want to get into that yeah, because right. like, we'll keep it, it, we'll it keep gets it way too specific. Yeah. So let's just look at like sort of phases and what phases you go through. Yeah, so you've got pre-comp, comp, and then obviously main, maintain, and then off season. So I'd say pre pre season. So like when I sorry to interrupt you, but um, we spoke about it the other day, and we sort of said like, you know, that different phases are called different things depending on different books and different authors, who you're talking to, different coaches, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that can just confuses people anyway. So you do have all these phases that can sort of mean the same thing. So we have like the general general adaptation might be a phase, accumulation might be a phase, intensification might be a phase, but then 
Some people might call it general development. Some people might just call it uh, pre-season, yeah. off-season. Yeah. There's all these different terms that come under the umbrella of uh, make sort of periodization or um, training blocks or mesocycles, whatever you want to call it. And it, because there's so many different terms from so many different people, sometimes there's different terms mean the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's really about like when I talk team sports, I talk like off season, pre season, in season, basically. Yeah. Um, Which makes it easier for everyone to understand. Yeah, and then like sometimes with powerlifting, like you might term it uh, hypertrophy. Yeah. Basic strength, max power, peaking. Yeah. So and those things mean depending on the athlete, depending on the coach, can mean different, all the same things. So, yeah, that, I just wanted to sort of clear the air when it comes to that sort of stuff that it can be something that takes a lot of your attention but doesn't really need to. Yeah. Just the terms and what those training blocks and cycles are actually called. Yeah. It's more what happens in them. So, let's say, so, so, let's run me, run me through. So, season's finished, probably have two weeks of it would be called a transition or off season maybe and then you start people might take that to extreme but these days you know people are sort of straight back into it into their fitness so the main goal might be you know get stronger yeah boom so that's yeah so that would be like that an off season program might be decreased running volume increased amount of lifting yeah um it might be termed an off season um phase it might be turned a turned a hypertrophy phase yeah same thing really if, if if the focus for the off season was hypertrophy you know what i mean so and then run me so run me through from there what you would sort of in in off yeah season. so go from off season so your season just finished what would you what would you be looking at yes yeah, so running into getting to the next season yeah so the running would definitely cut down It'd be more lifting, as you said, hypertrophy, yep. and then I'd probably start going, sort of, say, fin- coming into January, then start ramping it up again. Yep. Uh, sometimes pre-season's not too far from January, or boys are already back running. Yep. So then you start ramping up your running again. Mm-hmm. Just keeping that strength, and then adding in that power as well, so that strength-power yep. duo. And then, it's yeah. a really hard one because there's so many ways to do it. There is, yeah. As well. well, you could have a player that want, needs, and, to, needs yeah, to gain and weight and a player that needs to just maintain his weight. So yeah. there's different ways you'd go about that as well. Yeah. And then, yeah, as as the as long as they're still progressing through that through that off season and, and you know he's seeing he's getting stronger and then he's starting to go for some runs, the closer you get to the season or actually pre season official, you want to make sure you've got some running under your belt. So yeah. You're, so you're really it's, a, it's a tough one as well and it does come down to um, like your method of periodization and, and your philosophy behind it as well uh, because I, I seem to have a more of a block periodization outlook on things um, but then when I look at what I have been help, like doing with the Cavs boys even though it's only one session a week um, and the programs I've been writing that are sort of rugby specific and designed with those guys in mind. It's not really a block. It's more of, so block would mean, you know, hypertrophy block. You're doing three sets of 12, three sets of, or like four sets of eight plus, that sort of stuff. And then basic strength would be like, you know, your fives max strength power would be 
fives and threes, that sort of thing. So what I've started to do is, is sort of integrate all aspects rather than work on one for four weeks, yeah. work on another for four weeks. And you'll have people out there and coaches out there that argue for and against both of these sort of methods. Well, you're talking about amateur athletes. I think that's the way you've got to look at it, isn't that's it? That's exactly it. So, and, and that's a, a point I like to make is like when they come in to do, and we're, like we were doing on those Saturday sessions, we would yeah. do speed, we'd do strength, and it would basically finish off with bodybuilding stuff. Yeah. So we're looking at all of those aspects. We're not just going, all right, we're, we're in a hypertrophy block because it's X amount of weeks from the season. Yeah. This is what we should be doing. For me, it's like, you guys probably don't do enough of all of this, so let's touch on it yeah. all. Yeah. And if you did that three times a week, you're going to be better off than if you came in and did a month of barely three times a week hypertrophy, yeah. another month of barely three times a week basic strength, like, blocked yeah. like that. And yep. I feel like that was, uh, like, when we explained about the Saturday sessions, I was like, we're going to do everything. So it was, it was max acceleration, it was sprint technique, it was conditioning up at the end of the session, it was lifting in between. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like it is... If you don't have someone eight hours a day, five days a week, I feel like integrating all of those aspects is probably the best thing for them. And I'd say the jury is probably still out there. Like, that's why the people that write periodization books are a lot smarter than us three combined. <laughs> um, and we sort of read a chapter and we're like, yep, cool. And it'll change our focus for a little bit. Um, or it will you know, teach us something that we might integrate. But I really do like those programs and like the ones I've been writing for you boys, it's sort of um, a fair amount of changes in rep ranges, um, fairly constant uh, fairly constant amount of hypertrophy work in there at the end of a session, not focused so much on load um, and then running pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah. But so that, when it comes back to how you would map out a season, it's, it's generally you know, more strength work in the post-season, uh, a little bit of running around Christmas time to make sure that you're not a complete blob when you come back uh, post-Christmas. nothing worse. <laughs> a little bit more fitness, sort of that January, February, ramping things up. Um, when you, as, when as, you start adding, well, yeah, you know, ball skills, that sort of stuff, like when you actually get more specific to the actual sport, when's the... That, that would probably be... Well, I mean, depend, I mean, there's a few of us boys that got in nice and early yeah. and started getting down the fields and that, but that would probably be real when pre-season's officially started, you know, and you've got the numbers there and, you know, yeah. you've got the coaches down there with you. But, hey, you can micro-skill early, you know, in your running sessions as well. Like, if you've got to go and do a couple of runs down the... Um, Park, you know, take a ball with you and you yep, know, yep. keep that ball in your hands. A lot of boys play touch in the off season, yeah. or flag as well. So you you try and well, I try personally not to have an off season where I'm not touch, flinging a ball around at least one night a week. Yeah, you know, yep. so it's still in your hand. You're still running around, yep. especially with rugby. We're like um, with your positions being so. You know, I think it's very different to something like AFL. Now you look at it there. I feel like every position. Is getting a little more similar, whereas basketball, rugby still has its very basketball. Like they've figured out what's the <clears> best for basketball now. Like Giannis, Kevin Durant, like yeah, we got big yeah, men shooting all. threes. They yeah, do it all. yeah, yeah. So it's rugby still does have that yeah different like you got ball players and non ball yeah. players. Yeah, and you got guys that well, weights really weight and strength's really important. 
speed's really important. Yeah. Um, listening to a, an old mate of mine, uh, Louis Dallimore, on um, Nevin's podcast, and he's they. I think Nevin hit him with a like what what are the main attributes for a rugby player, um, and it came back uh, as f- like fit, fast, and heavy because it's a contact sport. So if you can be fit and fast, yeah. all good. If you can be fit and fast and be heavier and keep your fitness and how quick you are, you're going to be a better player, yeah. which makes sense because it's a collision-based sport as well. Yeah. So yeah, um, Louis over there with Kintetsu, Linus. Um, it was a good little, so, um, and he, he jumped on Nev's podcast um, from the Strength Institute up in Joondalup. So I was listening to it a little bit this morning. It was good as um, talking about Louis's uh, new studies on GPS data and um, testing. So they took, what did he say, GPS data from his games and then like sort of cross-referenced it with his testing that he'd done, uh, S&C testing in terms of acceleration, speed, vertical jump, um, strength testing, and sort of saw if there was a correlation as well. It was, it was quite interesting. So yeah, it's, um, yeah. Uh, where were we, Blake? Before I interrupt. Are we going to go in season? Yeah, in season. So, so in season's in se- a big one. Yeah, I, so I that, that's, that was like our next sort of uh, little subtopic here. Um, so you've got, you know, put on size and muscle post-season, slowly increase fitness in the, in the pre-season, and then in-season, what are we doing? You're still, trying to, you're still trying to increase strength. You know, you're still aiming for it. But then I think a big thing to remember is that you're not a powerlifter. You're not, your performance in the gym is important, but not as much as field-based, you know? Yep. So if I've got tight hamstrings, there's no point in me going in and deadlifting, you know, as much as I can because oh, there's an injury going to be co- so injury occur. prevention comes And close. I've probably learned the hard <laughs> way too because yeah. I did that and I pulled my hamstring twice in one year yeah. and it wasn't fun. So you'd, I would say in season, if you can manage um, – Two and a, I say sort of two and a half lifting sessions a week. Yeah. Um, what days would you do your lifting session? So let's go. I've always known Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday game. Yeah. Uh, I know some footy teams are like Tuesday, Friday, Sunday game. Um, there, there can be a little bit of difference with with AFL, but yeah. I was always Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. Um, just from rugby's always been like that. Even as a wee tacker, rugby league was like that. Maybe it was Sunday sometimes, but. It was Tuesday, Thursday trainings, um, Saturday games. So you would think, you know, I would try and lift on a Monday. Bearing in mind, yeah, I would too. But yeah. then you know how some, that's like kind of like that half session where, because you're a bit sore from the weekend still. So yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. Monday and Wednesday and then have your Friday off. Or even getting a little bit on Friday isn't bad, but not heavy, just some yeah. power work. Just move around a wee bit. T-shirt fillers on uh Jersey fillers on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. Make, bit, make, of, bit of guns. Make yourself feel good. <laughs> the bro session. Yeah. Look, look yeah, good, feel session. good, feel good. Yeah, you're going to intimidate that employer yeah, right? with some big guns. <laughs> so Monday, Mondays are tough. I generally try not to squat on a Monday coming, yeah, so coming in season because I'm generally pretty sore. I would try and do that. I would try and squat and then I would do upper body before Tuesday's training. Yeah. So you um, do like a like an upper body days, lower body split sort of way and of doing then it in between. Thursday would normally be whole body, and then Friday would be like an extras if I made it. I think. Yeah right. So Wednesday would be like a complete day off. Yeah. Um, a recovery day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how I used to do it. So it would be. Yeah. So 
I would train, yeah, arms and upper body before the Tuesday training, yeah. and then a whole body session before Thursday training, but not as heavy. So I would like front load the week. So yeah, it sucks, but you try and get your heavy stuff in on a Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, and because it's further away from the game, but it's closer to the game that you've just played. Yeah. So do you, do you drop your intensity in your lifts as well? Then is what is that the other or your volume of lifts is? Yes, is that, I drop volume. Yeah. I trained trained dumb because I didn't know any better um, a lot of the time. So (laughs) nowadays, no, it wasn't. I can't even remember. I wish I had a lot of my old programs. That'd be great to look at. Um, Nowadays, I'm really big on strength power complexes and I do them all the time with the boys because I feel like um, you want to train both aspects. And like I said, you don't want to train four weeks of one aspect and four weeks of another aspect. Um, because you've got so much other training going on so you want to try and integrate both of those so creating high amounts of force creating high amounts of velocity as well so that's why I do lots of like med ball throws you know jumping exercises with you know bench press track bar RDL squats that sort of stuff so that's how I would go about it now so if Blakey was to come in and say AJ I'm going to lift on a Tuesday before training I'd say like probably go something like a trap bar lift and a box jump mm. or and then a bench press and a med ball throw yeah um and then if you feel good some hypertrophy work after that so it might be like dumbbell curl and press pull up goblet squat three twelves done in a circuit fashion yeah that sort of thing that's really how i like it i like that man because it it one it's really quick session doesn't like the other day we did one and it was like 40 minutes. The other day with the Cavs boys, we, we lifted, we, we ran, we did a bit of um, uh, sprint technique stuff all in 40 minutes, which is important as well when you've got other commitments, which yeah. is sort of the next topic. Um, how do you go about structuring things and factoring in work for the amateur athlete like what things are important when it comes to that. So you've done it and been a scaffolder. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you should be fresher this year. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I'm not getting cut open. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I think when it comes to say guys, have got to work as well. Um, it, it makes it really tough. Um, I know from a rugby perspective, it would be like, who's that training? So like, you know, a few people, key positions might have to work, yeah, all of yeah. a sudden they're not there. Um, and it, and it really throw, can throw things off. Yeah. So what would you think, uh, I don't know, what, what are things that you could do or teams could implement that make it a little bit easier um, to make sure everyone's on the same page, make sure everyone's increasing their strength and fitness as best they should? Oof. Jeez, there's a lot of factors there. Well, so I think about it with my powerlifters as well. Saying, I always bring it back to that. But first thing is probably being realistic with time, you know, with yep. the athlete, you know. Like, if you can only do one day a week, don't try to do four days a week in that time and just always fail to... Because then the plan that you put in place is you're just going to miss sessions. You're not going to, you know. Yeah. So being realistic first with what you, catch, you can do, what time you do have. Yep. You know, it's not going to be ideal if you only can do one 45 minute session a week but if that's yeah. all you can do yeah that's you know that's your starting point there being consistent i think is what you really need so 
that's a big one consistent like yeah you've had a big day like on the scaffold you know you could be doing a massive job pushing stuff up all day and it's like you know you don't really want to go to the gym or get your work in but it's like well someone else is out there doing it and we come Saturday you know they don't care if you've had a yeah. big day at work you know I'm just using that as an example because yeah. you, know, you know you've obviously done it for a few what four years four years yeah. more, even more um, it's just got to be consistent and smart. Like if you need a rest day, have a rest day, but make yeah. sure that you're still getting your work for that week in. You may Do you have think to that even that even um, with the the sort of time constraints constraints and the constraints put on training frequency across the week? In that you're probably not going to make five sessions mm. across the week mm. if you if you're working your ass off as well, got a family, blah blah blah. Yeah. Do you think that? even more so highlights the fact that you should integrate all factors of performance into your training sessions when you do train. So yeah. they Top should probably be whole body sessions. Yeah. They should probably cover um, conditioning as well. And they're probably better off looking at general work capacity than any one strength or conditioning. Yeah. Just general work capacity yeah. um, is probably going to be the best bang for your buck to help you out come Saturday if you've got 245 minutes a week or something. Yeah. This is sort of skill stuff set aside, like leave that, mm. leave that alone. But if you say, I've got 245 minute sessions to get myself better for the weekend, what should I do? Yeah. I feel like those sort of sessions, it highlights the fact that you probably should do a little bit of everything Yeah. and, and weight it a little bit. So if you're light, maybe you do weight it towards a little bit more hypertrophy work if you've got fitness already. If you're really fit, you know, you might say, oh, I need that strength weight a little bit more towards strength, but still maintain a little bit of conditioning in there as well. Yeah. I, I feel like that's probably the wise thing to do. And I feel like a lot of times with amateur athletes, football players, basketball players, that sort of stuff, they, it's really easy to go more towards that hypertrophy side of things. Maybe just because that's the idea people have around the gym is you lift weights to put muscle on that sort of thing bodybuilder style training yeah bodybuilder style training i feel like that gets done a fair bit you know, the as old well. chest try splits and then and <laughs> but other people will go towards the other end of the spectrum go run 5k yeah you know what i mean not the worst thing but like i just said like could we probably integrate all those factors and make a much more effective session to help you out Mm. probably yes this is what I wanted to talk about today and I think it's uh, I don't know it's the reason that I think it's interesting is because we can see so many people that come under this umbrella yeah yeah. that's what we mostly work with isn't it yeah so I, I really do feel like and you see the difference of the benefits of someone that is doing say you know a full body training session getting the work into someone that's maybe doing a little bit more splits and that yep. and you see them come out on performance and it's like you can, you can definitely see it yeah 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 definitely see it for sure so um, I've, I've, that sort of runs into the next uh, well the next little subtopic on this is and I've been banging on on Tuesday nights to the Cavs boys because there's a fair few boys there that are you know carrying a bit of weight um, they don't like running, and if you ask them, they'd say they don't run. And I always say, boys, you play... Uh, a game of rugby, play, you're running at some point, um, sure. <laughs> you play a running-based sport. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. need to be better at running. Yeah. And I said, uh, and I've been harping on about it, they're going to be like, this fucking guy is running. <laughs> um, 
for me, at, in general, when I look at especially, I, I obviously I have the history um, with Rockingham Rugby. Actually, haven't played for the Cavs, but um, if we could increase one thing that would make us better as a unit, as a team, it would. It was always fitness every single season. It was never skill. It was never size. It was never strength. It was always fitness. If we could improve that, we would have been a better team. Yeah. And I feel like that is very close to got to be across the board for most amateur teams whether it be you know basketball footy yeah i feel like in general if you can increase your fitness and your ability to run well yeah as a team yes everyone's going to be like this guy needs to be like have a lower body fat or this guy does need to work on his conditioning this guy would be better if he was stronger but in general, yeah, yeah fitness. I agree. It is a hundred percent running ability, about, man. Like skills and strength. If you're if you're fatigued, if you're you know, that's it. Yeah, you're not going to be able. What to do they say? Fatigue things. makes cowards of us all, sort of thing. And it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes you drop the ball basically. That's it. Yeah. So I keep harping on about it, and it's like I think that year the Eagles won that premiership. I think that was like they just went, that their focus went purely from. I think were, people were talking about the strength conditioning coach was talking about being the yeah. the most unfit team in the AFL and we're like, no, nah, we're going to be the most... That was their main focus, yeah. getting their fitness And it is hard because that sort of contradicts what we've said before is that like, we need to integrate all those factors. That's going to be the best thing. Um, and it just sounds like, well, I've just got to run. For some, like, for some people, it, it might just be you know, weighting things towards that running yeah. um, because it's just not getting done. And it, I feel like, especially the rugby boys, they... I've got to dr- like drill it into them that you play a running based sport, you have to be able to run. Yeah, the boys like to just lift. <laughs> they yeah, like just like yeah, like but lift and and scrummage and yeah. and all that and like do hit ups and stuff. But mate, you got to get to be there to do the hit ups. Yeah. And the boys that come in fit, like even you when you're playing other teams, the ones that are fit, they stand out. Yeah, and you're like, oh, all right, this guy's been getting the ball order, and he's still seventy minutes, ten minutes to go to the game. He's still there, it's still yeah. Chucking it up, and you're like, okay, this, you know, he stands yeah. out. I mean, there's oh. n- nothing worse too. I'll go back to footy days when you look at a guy who knows he's, he's fitter than you. Like you're <laughs> huffing and puffing, he's still talking away like he's not even got plenty in the time. Yeah, that's the worst. Absolutely <laughs> <love> <laughs> Used to get that a lot. So <laughs> absolutely love that. I think AFL is good for the fact that because it's so one on one. Like you're playing against a, an opponent all day. You reckon it like, is though? Well, the, if you're playing oh, a certain position, like you're not. You're not and stuff, yeah. But you know, it's, it's quite. Never good enough you're, to get standing, you're standing next to a bloke all day, you know. And I reckon I there would there'd be do, nothing. But there's so much chopping and changing, isn't well, there? Unless you're like full forward, full back, but you could be running in the midfield with the same guys all, all day. All day. Yeah, I suppose they do. And I think yeah. the best as, as a ruckman, more, as a ruckman, yeah. you're pretty much rucking against the yeah, same guy all day. Wouldn't that be? I reckon the thing that would really make it. Like the difference would be like I'm running all day and you're just chasing me, or you know, and you're running into the forward you know line. And he's waiting cooked. out. He's waiting out for you because he can't run back with you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So yeah especially it. AFL, like running, like you can't be in the AFL and not be good at running. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, freak shows, man. Absolute freak shows. The other thing is, um, I wanted to bring up is just, and we, I, I sort of make jokes about it, um, is that you know a lot of guys think themselves an athlete. And there's grandmas at CrossFit gyms that are working three times as hard as them in terms of recovery, nutrition, um, and this comes to it. Like if if this is if this triggers you, I'm talking about you. You know what I mean? So like, there's people that 
seriously are taking themselves way more like are putting more time and effort in than you have a harder situation so it might not always just be crossfit grandmas uh, but i feel like if you want the best out of things in terms of performance it's pretty easy to go and do the right things in terms of recovery nutrition training training program yearly planning you've got access to all of those things pretty easily these days yeah um and i I sort of think of it in terms of like you know there's i always think of it as crossfitters because they take everything to extreme like they roll in with the bag and it's got like eight different foam rollers in it you know what i mean it's got they've got every bit of this to do whatever exercise to make themselves get that little bit more of reps of something or you we've all seen it right yeah and then you sort of see these guys that you know think themselves athletes and they're like train tuesday thursday turn up on the weekend and yeah you know, you know it just it annoys me that people some very talented people as well don't take themselves as seriously as like crossfit grandmas do sometimes I think it's that's just the example I'm using, but you know where I'm coming from, right? Yeah, um, I, I agree with you too, because you see, like, and it's more like the younger crew. Like, I think about it with some of my clients, some of my older clients, powerlifting. Uh, the older they are, the more dedicated they are to all those exactly. little things we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Those in the you know teens to early twenties and stuff, they they can get a little lazy with they're, it. They're, it's not. Is pretender sort of the word to use? You know, you know where I'm coming from yeah. with that, right? Like it's almost you almost want to show like look how much work so and so's doing yeah and they're just you know trying to make themselves better they're not trying to be super competitive they just do it because they enjoy it look how much work they're putting in yeah you're not doing that much you could be yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that's one thing that annoys me from an amateur athlete point of view and we saw it all the time when I was playing that there'd be a core group that would train hard not have a big off season start training before Christmas turn up to pre-season in good nick that's and then you know half your team would sort of let you down like drop the ball or yeah. you know let, let the team down that sort of thing that's why I've always said I was a way better athlete at 30 than I was at 20 because <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I didn't have that yeah, exactly but you've experienced that as well you know like uh, we all know like if you have a bad week of nutrition like your training just goes down you feel it yeah. you know you feel it or you know if I have a couple of big, you know, a big night on the weekend like I'm not well, to not, 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 to not till Wednesday you know I'm yeah. not feeling my training's terrible till Wednesday you yeah, know yeah. it's a slog we are coming to that man so I wanted to touch on alcohol which is a big thing um, as, should I say unfortunately saying that I've had some time of my life on the beers <laughs> after games um, but I wanted to touch a little bit on alcohol. So most of this is coming from a um, article by Jay Tedder on T Nation. I used to read T Nation all day, every day. You ever get on the T Nation? I still can sometimes get on the T Nation. Yeah. So I think it's been on there for ages. It's called A Lifter's Guide to Alcohol by Jay Tedder. Uh, it's on the T Nation Testosterone Nation website. <laughs> used to be on there all the time. That and EliteFTS.com. Just reading yeah, all the articles, yeah. man. Yeah, okay. Straight up. Um, so. We obviously know that after footy games, after rugby games, like beers with the boys normally is on, yeah. right? Like yeah. normally is on. It's pretty yeah. hard to gap it. I was, I would struggle to gap it. Like when I started seeing Kelly, I would gap it a little bit more because I like obviously beers with the boys go out, trump all, 
that sort of thing. <laughs> Why? Uh, what? I'm not breaking news to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Shit, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sorry if I am. <laughs> um, so basically, the like it's a good article. So yeah, you can jump on T Nation and have a read of it. Um, so when you drink alcohol, the ethanol in the in the beverages is given priority by your body in metabolism. So um, the ethanol is broken down to acetate, acetyl-CoA, and signals the body to greatly reduce the use of sugar and fat as fuel. So you're basically using the alcohol as fuel. Um, alcohol contains about seven grams calories uh, and like protein. Um, this oh. is sort of surprising. Its yeah, conversion it's into energy is inefficient, so it's actually got a, quite a high thermic effect yeah, as okay. well. But uh, Alcohol in general is more of a uh, fat burning suppressor, so it slows down fat burning and use of um, blood sugar as fuel, and rather than a fat storer. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, a couple of studies. Uh, Matthew Barnes. Sounds like you'd know a Matthew Barnes, eh? Just the name. Yeah, I'm Matt Barnes. Oh, wait, place for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows a Matt Barnes. <laughs> Um, published in 2014 uh, in sports medicine, they gave what did they do? Uh, 30 minutes after this is fuck. This is a fucking savage um, protocol. So they gave subjects uh, one gram per kilogram of alcohol, um, or an equal volume of non-alcoholic. So basically, I think it was just orange juice, um, and people didn't know whether it was alcoholic or non-alcoholic. I feel like you'd be able to taste it. Yeah, but. They consumed it 30 minutes after having them complete. I, don't, I couldn't find the full study for this, but this is, uh, this is what I got from this review. 30 minutes after completing 300 eccentric reps for the quads. Jeez. 300 reps of anything is fucking brutal. So yeah, one group got given alcohol, one group got given orange juice. Both groups were trashed at 36 and 60 hours after the workout. So the workout was fucking nuts. Yeah, by either way, they were going to be here. Um, <laughs> both groups were trashed uh, in terms of isometric, concentric, and eccentric strength. But the alcohol group's muscles uh, had a much worse hangover. Yeah. Um, they performed 22, 12, and 15% worse across those three measures. So isometric, eccentric, and concentric strength. Um, in another study, this is the one that's sort of gives you a bit, oh yeah, cool, that's good to know. Um, in another study by Barnes, he compared one gram per kilogram of alcohol with half a gram per kilogram of alcohol. Um, so it basically worked out to sort of six drinks to three drinks. Yeah. Um, once again, the one gram per kilogram had poor muscle recovery, but the 0.5 gram per kilogram had no effect. Um, so in practical terms, six drinks was too much and it you know, hampered your recovery. So three drinks, you're gonna be all right? Three drinks, you were all right. So that for me is like, all right, cool. You, you can have a couple stay of in the change right? room, have a beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just wanted to, because I feel like as an amateur athlete, you know, getting on the beers is well, it's a bit what, of a thing. It's a social, you play it for social, you know. But when, when we look at, and obviously again, I have a, a rugby bias with it, you would go and absolutely pretty much go to war for 80 minutes. And I played scrum half, so my war was more running. For a lot of guys, it would be more like contacts. Um, I didn't get tackled much, Troy, as well. <laughs> 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 nah, um, 
just throws uh, the yeah. ball off as soon as he gets it every <laughs> he time. Didn't, he didn't pass it much either. <laughs> yeah, what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. Actually, no, no, <laughs> ran into touch a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that would annoy me too. Don't get me started. Uh, so yeah, basically, you go and thrash yourself for eighty minutes, and then if you go and thrash yourself again, man, you're just doubling up on how fucking toasted you're gonna be. You're not recovered by Tuesday. And it's just no way to be good throughout the season. So it yeah. comes down to like what you really want out of uh, the sport you're playing and what level you're at as well. Like some people purely play it to do exactly that. Go out, play, get on the beers with the boys they yeah. love. It. Yeah. Um, but from a performance point of view, it's it hampers you for that long. Um, I don't know how. I don't feel like drinking too much after games. Yeah, like I, I just, had. You know, we had like Terry's, that's the we time had I just don't feel like I was home at 11.30. Yeah. Uh, not even You already feel dehydrated, you know, you feel like, you know, it's like having too many, like, you do feel like a couple, definitely, but like, yeah. you know, going I hard like at it's it. almost, like, from a team building perspective, it should almost be like, everyone stays around until the captain's finished his third beer or something. Yeah. And then everyone can leave and do their own thing. Yeah. If you want to keep on, keep on. If, if not, off you go. Yeah. But... I feel like if you want something out of your season, it's probably something that you need to address. Hey, this is affecting us in our recovery week by week by week by week by week by week across the season. We're not going to be performing. Um, and yes, it's part of you know social sport and amateur sport in Australia. It's a pretty ugly part, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and if you could decrease it, it would probably benefit you. Well, it definitely benefit you on the field. Um, saying that, I'm talking about Saturday to a, a next Saturday game, let alone people going out Friday night before a game, yeah, which would really fucking piss me off. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, that's the uh, end of our chat on uh, amateur athletes. What Anything else you guys need to... I think we talked about a f- sort of all aspects that I wanted to anyway. Yep. Yeah. Anything else from you boys? No, it's any, it's it's from, the, the more commitment you give yourself, the better it, performance you're going to get. That's it, man. Because the info's there. Yeah. You've got you've got access to, you know, you can go to the beach, do a recovery session. You can do your stretching, do your mobility the day after. You can only have three beers, you know. You can turn up and lift again on Monday. You've yeah. got access to coaches. You've got access to physios these days. Um it is really, like I said, if you want to go and be all in like those CrossFit grandmas, you can like push your performance in the right direction. But as some fucking annoying dude used to say all the time, you've got to want it. You've got to want it. Yeah. Um, so, what else have we got here? We, I think we have a few from, well, I've got one. It's not a, uh, a listener topic, but I think I do have a few that have been sent in. I think Scottish Rob is on the blower again. Um, yeah, there's a few. Alright. This one's from me though. If you could choose three lifts, however random, and make a new strength sport slash challenge, um, sort of like powerlifting, like you got three lifts and one attempt. One rep. One rep. Yeah, I'm making too many reps or whatever. Um, what would you choose? So we had a bit of a chat about it before, yeah, but yeah. you hit me with a couple of yours. Oh, I definitely have to go the ones I know I'm good at, that's why, so I can win it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think one of the ones. And we, and we need to talk about how you would judge it. Could you be judging it? Um, <laughs> like uh, how easy it would be to judge, all that sort of stuff. So 
off you go. Mm-hmm. I reckon if I had to choose the three lifts that I know I could dominate, I'd go the weighted pull-up. That wasn't the question. No, but that, <laughs> it is the question. Though, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> It'd still be a good sport to watch too, I've got to say. So yeah. uh, I'd go the weighted pull-up, weighted dip, and a weighted pistol squat. And that's, that's push-pull, that's legs. It's a test. Yeah, okay. okay, okay. So weighted pull-up. Yep. So strap the weight on and, gra- and jump and grab the bar. Yep. Establish a dead hang. Yeah, it's got to be how are you gonna, no keeping. Are you gonna ha- how are you going to judge whether people kip or not? You're going to have to say straight at the knee, straight at the hip and knee. Yeah, that's probably a good so way to look at knee, it. So no hip flexion, because yep. hip flexion is, is really the kip, yep, isn't if it? if the knees come up, yep. So no knee flexion at all. Yep. Strict. That'd be interesting. Strict pull up, yep. Is there a way that you can, no pre, maybe no pre-lift movement, so you couldn't kip back and forward? Yeah, you have to, maybe you have to start from a dead straight position before you start the pull. Yeah. So. Would you have weight classes? You'd uh, have to, you? Well, I think that's what you could just go with the accumulative weight, yeah, the weight okay. and the person. Yeah. So yeah. and the biggest total. So yeah. obviously wouldn't help someone like myself out because <laughs> I don't weigh that much. But I back myself in that I could. Oh, uh, always got to back yourself in. Yeah. Well, you got most hundred kilo guys are struggling to do one pull up anyway. So yeah. That's, yeah. So what was your second one? Uh, weighted dips as well. Weighted dips. I've been yeah. saying I wanted weighted dips rather than bench press and powerlifting for years though. So <laughs> I'd How would you do better. a weight? The weighted dip would be a little bit more tricky actually. How would you do a weighted you got dip? De- right? you got depth on that, don't you? Right, so that's got to be yeah. to a vertical... Elbow below parallel or something? Yeah, just below or parallel. I'd, I'd call parallel. Wait, no. You'd have yeah, forearms parallel to the... Wait, how would you do it? I'm trying to do a dip in my chair. Well, yeah, no, like a squat, so just below that parallel, so the, the crease of your elbow, below the crease of your elbow. Wait, I'm trying to... Oh, shoulder below... Oh, yeah, so, yeah. So upper arm parallel. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's just... Upper arm parallel, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like freaking yeah. out, like, how do we do dips again? <laughs> so upper arm parallel, and what was the last one? Pistol squat. Pistol squat. Past parallel, obviously. Past parallel, yeah. So strong first... Um, which is like a kettlebell company, or yeah. I think it's Strong First. Which is it's very, that. it's almost the same as that, isn't it? What's that challenge? I was gonna try and do it. Yeah, we, it both, was we a both had a bit of crack. Forty-eight kilo pull-up kettlebell around the waist. Yep. Was it not? Yep, that's the one. A forty-eight kilo um, pistol, pistol, both legs. Yep. Like gobleted kettlebell, gobleted. That's so hard. And then the strict. I've done a thirty-two or thirty-six, I think. And then a clean into a strict press, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was just the, just, oh, just yeah, a strict press. We had to clean it, it anyways, but strict press of forty-eight, yeah, which, which really I, stuffed me up because I was like, I reckon I could do I the that. other two, but I then I that. couldn't get even close. I did to that one press. on one side. I yeah, couldn't do it left yeah. obviously, like right. I could. I knocked it out. I could do the pull up. I got the pull up, but the pistol. I got close on the pistol. I think pistols I did forty kilos on the pistol. Did you? Yeah, Jesus. But no, that's still another. So yeah, that's is that a strong first challenge? Yeah. It's called something, eh? The one Josh used to yeah. get us on, yeah. I forget what it'd be, eh? Well, there was only like one or two guys in Australia that could do it yeah. at one stage there, wasn't it? I forget what it's actually called, though. It might actually be called the Strong First Beast challenge. something, isn't it? Beast Tamer? Beast Tamer, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Blakey? What are you thinking? I don't know, I'm trying three, to... Three things, things, bro. Does it, does it have to be just like a single lift, or can it be like a movement? It could be a movement, it could be... They probably already do it, but I'd like to see like a, like a max like sled pull. 
Sled pull. Oh, I think they similar to do that in like the strongman though. Strongman do it, yeah. But just to get like a group of blokes and just go right. It's gonna load out, and the person before you puts on the weight, so that way the person behind him either got to get it or beat it, sort of thing, you know. So two guys racing each other. No, no, or? just one guy at a time, but then the guy in front loads it up, so he could start. You know, he puts his weight on, and the guy behind him's gonna either do it or increase it, and the other guy. So you don't want to be last because your, your first pull is gonna be pretty hard. Yeah. But I reckon like that sort of okay. thing, like. And then just say, and if so people cool. can't do it, then they can't do it. And then eventually you're just going to get two blokes there that are just looking at each other, you know, pulling and then going, how oh, far do you have to pull it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how far. If you want to get as max, you make it interesting. 20 meters. Yeah. 20 meters. 10. If you want to get as much weight on it as possible, you make it a wee bit short. And then just maybe 10. <laughs> pull it 10. Hmm. I don't know. I'm struggling. Or even... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what else I asked for free lifts? Give, give us yours. Give us, give, let me think. See, I'm going a bit more like... Uh, not out of the box, but... And I did say the question was, choose three lifts. So, the first one, because, again, just like Troy, I think of the things that I'm half decent <laughs> at, it would be a hang power clean. Now, we talked a little bit about the intricacies of how you would judge it. So, anything below parallel is a clean. Yeah. Is a is a yeah uh, a hang clean. Now power clean means that you catch it above parallel, so the refing would actually be reverse of power lifting. So, so people would be Natalie like, nah. be giving out whites. <laughs> yeah. So people would be like, nah, that was too deep. It wasn't a power clean. Unlucky. So that it would be like yeah. white lights if it was above parallel. Yeah. Because that's what makes it a power clean. Yeah. Now. Would, should it, should you make it a hang I, I, feel, I just really like a hang power clean because we used to like I, we used to do that lift a lot so I got fairly decent at it rather than just a power clean off the floor um, so and then it's, it's just cool because you have to sort of get to that power position get yourself ready get yourself nice and tight and then just fucking down into half an RDL and then just rip it from above your knees. The other thing is you'd have to standardize it. You'd have to say Everyone has to it needs to be above position. their knees. Yeah, yeah. So you can you can power clean it from anywhere above your knees. Oh, okay, yep. If you drop down below your knees, which for me feels more awkward, but some people would rather it because they've got a greater range of motion to accelerate the bar. Anyway, I would rather go just above knee and then rip it back up. Nice. I put a post up the other day of doing some. Yeah, fucking fun. It's one of my favourite movements. Then, so I reckon that, and then, uh, I feel like it's not a lift, but I would go like one k time, <laughs> just a one k run. So you do it quickest. Yeah, one k time trial. Okay. Hang power clean. Yep. <sighs> I'll still do all right on that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> How would you have to score it? So, so you, do you do, it's sort of like golf. Do the run last, right? You take take the hang power clean off. Yeah, you, so you, you take the hang power clean weight yep. off your 1K time in Ooh, second. Yeah, that's getting interesting. Oh, there we go, I like that. So say you took uh, four minutes to do the K. That's 240 seconds. Yep. Say you did... Uh, 140 power clean that would be a score of 100 so you're even thinking about the scoring so it would be it's like golf like lower score yeah, yeah, wins yeah. and you could technically 
You could do handicaps as well. Te- well <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, you could uh, with this. If you think of the third lift, which I don't have in my brain at the moment, you could have a minus score. If you know what I mean. That yeah. would be a good little workout in the gym. Hey? One K, one K. You gotta have what's the third in. one though? What are you gonna have? Yeah, third? I know. You guys gotta come up. So with because it's it's got to be you. You got to think it's got to be a press sort of movement, eh? Really? Yeah, you got to because you've in there, got so. the you got to deadlift up yeah to a power position. You've got your sort of Olympic half squat lower body t- type of movement. Yep. So yeah, it's got to be a push. That'd be brutal. Maybe. <laughs> nah. I was thinking maybe uh, like a max push up off the deck as much weight on your back as you can into oh, yeah. a push up position. Which practically would be rough because you get like five plates lined up on your back and just try to press yourself to a standing push-up position. But then there's a lot to judge from that as well. I don't know, some sort of press. You could do like a max body weight bench press for reps. Or, nah, because then like for reps makes it a whole different thing. Even though I've just added in running because I made the rules of this question. I don't know, maybe a push press. Push press is what I was going to say, a thruster or something like that. And yeah, and what? To go as heavy as you possibly can. A thruster? Fuck that. No. Um, <laughs> maybe a push press. Maybe a... Uh, oh, maybe a... a oh, that's sort of a strongman movement already, isn't it? The dumbbell press. Like the dumbbell push press. Uh, one yeah. arm. Yep. We were fucking around doing them a while back in the gym, trying to do the 42s. I got it on the right, not on the left. Couldn't get him on the left. I don't know. After that, I think about that. But 1K time trial, take the weight that you lift. I like the push press. That's good. That'd be push press from the front rack or from behind the head? Uh, yeah, front rack position, front. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> you get these beasts that would um, power, do their power clean and then push press it. Yeah. So yeah. it really becomes clean and, clean really and becomes press. clean and press in a 1K time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cross, cross it. <laughs> yeah. Cross it one. Wow. Yeah. Um, what have we got? We've got a few on uh, Instagram. The old, uh, wait up, the old laptop battery. Reckons we've got 27 minutes left, so we'll, we'll have to wrap it up soon. We're going for an hour anyway. Anyone have to be back at the gym? Uh, I do in about half an hour. All right, sweet. All good. Here we go. Scottish Rob. Oh, oh fucking hell. This is a, this is a big one. Um, this could be its whole episode. Career prospects and options for sports science degrees. Well, all right. Basically, uh, if you do a three years, it, it's what, when it comes to sports science, it's what you make of it. Because I did my three year degree, had a degree, and basically should have just done a PT course. Because I was, you end up really with the same, I wouldn't say same qualification, but you can end same up with the same job, same opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Um, most, people aren't going to get hired by a professional sporting club with just a three-year degree, yep. just a four-year degree, or even a master's. Um, so the opportunities are for you to go in and intern, typically, um, and work your way in that way, which is just as much networking as it is uh, getting a job through education and applying or anything else. Yeah. Um, I would have done things differently if I had my time again. I would have tried to get in. But saying that, I, I like the life I live, so it would have uh, set things on a different path. Um, but to become like a top-level S&C coach, I would have 
tried to intern at a professional club here in Perth as quickly yep. as I could. As soon as I got accepted into doing sports science, um, tried to intern, network, all that sort of stuff and build your way like that. Um, looking back, and we spoke about it day one, first episode of the podcast, um, I would have taken on, tried to take on more responsibility um, when I was an athlete and take more of an interest in the back end of the SNC that we were actually doing yep. because it was a good level at that point. Um, but when it comes to opportunities, you've really got from a sports science degree, you're going to work in the gym. Um, that's basically it. You get a PT if you only do a three year sports science. If you get accredited as an exercise physiologist, then prospects are open up. You can work as an exercise physiologist in yeah. um, the mining sector, in the injury rehab sector, in hospital settings. There's a lot more that you can do. So three-year degree, you basically have to do a fourth year to be employable. Yeah. So like I did my fourth year in exercise rehab, I got a job as an exercise physiologist because now I'm accredited as an exercise physiologist. Unless it's changed by three-year degree, you're accredited as an exercise scientist. Yeah. Who basically hasn't done that much science. You just done coursework. Yeah. Science to me is setting up experiments, running experiments, reporting on data, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's why it's funny when you know, like, technically a sports scientist, but have done fuck all experiments on scientific research. Yeah. Right. So it's it's weird. And then after that, you've got your master's degrees, um, which make you basically uh, employable as a strength and conditioning coach. You could sort of get through it if you had your honours um, and your level two and you interned and you made the right connections um, and you were really good at what you did. Yeah. Like anything, the opportunities are what you make of, of them. But I would find it very hard uh, well, there wouldn't be too many that come out with a three-year degree and are, and are working in pro sport, yeah. if any. You're going to need that. Um, at start least. volunteering your time. At yeah, the there's normally that. Um, it's a really tough one. Personally, in the first couple of years I was running Smith Fitness, I was still applying for jobs in pro sport. Um, nothing back. And I was overqualified. Yeah, right. So um, had bachelor's in exercise science, bachelor's in rehab, master's in strength and conditioning, level two strength and conditioning coach, applying for jobs that needed uh, ASCA level one and three, four year degrees, still not getting anything back. Yeah. And it's one of those things, that, is it going to people they already know, they already had someone sorted you know, it, and it's, it's, I wouldn't say it's cutthroat, but there's not that many positions either. So it is pretty tough. Yeah. So the other option is to hire yourself, which is basically what I've done. Yeah. So make your own job. But not easy to do. And again, a whole nother episode. So that was from Scottish Rob, who's his brother David's doing sports science as well at the moment. So that's probably where that question came from. Um, it is what you make of it. So they're out there, but I would suggest getting the fourth year done so you get accredited as a physiologist. Then you can, you know, you're identified as an allied health professional, all that sort of stuff. Otherwise, it really is going to be mostly personal training sort of sort of stuff. There's nothing wrong with it. And that's quite lucrative if you can do, do a good job at it. Mm -hmm. um, 
Anything else on those ones, boys? No. No, or yeah. both of us haven't got our yeah, science yeah, yeah. degrees. Well, that's that's why why it, it could be a, it could be a whole fucking. But now I don't need to do it, so that's alright. So. <laughs> the other thing is, like, there's not that many pro. Like, you probably you know, like travel. You, you're gonna get like if a coach gets his gets the sack, you might you probably get the sack. As it's pretty cutthroat in professional yeah. sports. Yeah. Um. So you've got pretty much pro sport, and then you've got pro pro sport, amateur sport that'll actually hire you. Um. Then you've got the ex-fizz side of things. Then you've got PT. They're basically the sort of, I wouldn't say levels, because yep. some PTs are probably getting more than the guys in the pro sport. Yeah. Um, you know, some PTs are fucking millionaires. Guys in pro sport might be getting paid fuck all, but they work for such and such. Yeah. Mm. So um, they're the sort of the three levels anyway. But definitely out there is what you make of it. Um, what's the next big thing in the fitness industry? Ooh. Pause deadlifts. <laughs> no, we're not back on those. <laughs> I've changed my tune on the pause deadlifts too. Oh, so here we go. go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> now, um, I don't know. What is the, the next big thing in, in uh, the fitness industry? That's... For a little bit there, it was like velocity-based training. Yeah. Yeah, velocity-based yeah, training. Yeah, I didn't remember hearing a lot of that. I yeah. feel like... Um, that's the GoPro turning off. I feel like it's... Um, I feel like it's powerlifting. I, I was going to say that, but I'm so surrounded by it. It just feels like yeah, that. Yeah, it feels I mean? like a so Is it really... Like, I just, well, yeah, notice the bodybuilding. A lot of bodybuilders are coming over and doing powerlifting now. Yeah, well, that's pretty strong. Especially in girls. That's the biggest thing I've noticed. Girls are... Yeah. A lot of these girl bodybuilders are Sick going... Sick of dieting. Sick of dieting. Sick of cutting out carbs. Yeah. And, but they want to keep that discipline and that, you know, um, and train the same, basically. Yeah. So... But it's hard to tell when you sort of sort of yeah, it so, does feel yeah, like that. You got yeah. an, an environmental bias. Yeah. Um, what do you What do you reckon, Blakey? Oh, Next know, big I'm, thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm kind of. I think Troy. I think CrossFit might have had its day, and people understand and uh, take it for what it is now. Yeah. The other thing for me, and maybe because I'm getting around it and getting involved in it, is ultra endurance stuff. Well, that was the other thing I was going to say is fitness and everything sort of thing. You know, you're like, you know, that being, uh, you know, what I see you as trying to just be fit in every single, or Brendo from Perth Fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, best, guys the best generalist. Man. Just, the exactly. Best generalist. Yeah. yeah. It's been a bit of... I feel like ultra endurance, like you've seen these people that are just doing, what's that doco on Netflix, that Iron Cowboy, he's yeah. doing like multiple days of... Uh, Iron Man, he did like 50 in 50 states or something. 50 Iron Men in 50 states in 50 days. Yeah. Something fucking crazy like that. Um, like I'm trying to do it my first 50 miler this year, hopefully. I feel like, you know, you ain't shit. Like, you've got these guys that are running for like 50 marathons in 50 days, and I feel like that, that ultra marathon sort of stuff is not becoming. I wouldn't say popular because not everyone's going to be fucking stupid enough and have the time to do it, but I don't know. Maybe it that's the next progress, big thing and, you know, there's going to be people really pushing the boundaries in that area. Yeah. Yeah. The like distances are just distances crazy. Distances that people are doing in the multi-day races and the ultra endurance stuff. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they're the two things that we're sort of getting into like, yeah. you know powerlifting and I'm, I'm sort of pushing towards ultra events and looking at 
Well, it definitely does feel like that. that. You know, especially when I first started as a PT, there was just bodybuilding, 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 huge. But we don't, you know, I'm not in a commercial gym anymore, so it's hard to say. Yeah, at our gym, it's not. But I couldn't name you one competitive bodybuilder that like who's going to be at Olympia this year. I don't know. I've no idea. We gotta get AJ doing. We gotta get AJ doing our ICU All I see is like fucking Kai Green doing the robot on Instagram, and I'm like, cool man. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely say powerlifting in females is definitely. I'm noticing like you're getting a lot more females. He only trains. I only train under sixty kilos. (laughs) (laughs) Only trains. But there's there's a lot coming in, like you know, and it's like it's cool. It's cool to see. It is awesome. If if you weigh more than seventy five kilos, Troy can't coach. Sorry, sorry. Because I'm too afraid they're going to be strong. Like I said, I was like, uh, everyone's favourite, everyone's favourite tiny female powerlifter. And he thought I was talking about him. I was like, no, I mean that you only you only coach them. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the tiny female powerlifting coach, <laughs> Troy Abbott. All right. Um, I think that is everything, guys. Anything from you two? Anything uh, else? Thanks again for making it here. I had to go and pick Blakey up because he can't drive. Sort yeah. yourself out, eh? Crippled. But yeah, that's um, all. First warning, battery is low. Good so, timing. Yeah, good timing. Guys, another great episode. I think it's a, a good one today. Yeah. Um, yeah, number 29. So, Getting there. Still- guys, if you've uh, got this far in, make sure you share, like, subscribe, do all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, if you're not down the gym already, you've got rocks in your head, and uh, cruise on down. And also, some big news coming.